prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. I'm really excited about today's show. Uh, I've been working on getting this guest on uh, for some time now. He actually appeared on my show. Uh, he one of my earliest guests in 2006, and he's Porter Cottrell. Um, I, I bet everybody has a Porter Cottrell story. Uh, but Porter Cottrell, to me, embodies what is good about bodybuilding, the sport of bodybuilding. Um, I met him when I started my journey as a 330-pound fat bastard. Uh, he was in Jeff Rui's powerhouse gym. Uh, he was a training people, working out himself. And the gym was adorned of pictures of him. And I looked up and I thought, man, I never realized a human being could look like that. And then here's this guy, approachable, very nice, um, never said a bad word about anybody that I've ever heard. And I thought, this is bodybuilding. Then, then I had my eyes open and I started to get involved with pro bodybuilders. And I thought, well, no, they're not all like Porter. But um, with that being said, uh, he has kept the flame of physical culture alive. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. Because he has been rock steady in his convictions about how to develop the best possible physique, conditioning, and health, because he's, he's, he's older now, um, of anyone I've ever seen. He, he didn't fall for intermittent fasting. He didn't fall for keto. He didn't fall for any of this stuff. He's been doing the same thing and getting the same amazing results. That's the thing. Like, if he would have tried some of these other things, it wouldn't have worked better. He knew instinctively, like, this is what works. And now that we look back, uh, we realize that this is also what works for health and longevity. Uh, before we bring Porter on, I have to thank our title sponsor, and that's Legendary Foods, makers of the cinnamon uh, sweet roll, the chocolate sweet roll, and the wild berry sweet roll. These are amazing. If you've ever been in the airport, you walk past a Cinnabon, and you thought, I wish I had the guts to eat that crap. Well, now you can, because it tastes just like a Cinnabon, but it's only one gram of sugar, five grams of net carbs, and 20 grams of high-quality dairy protein. Go to shrnetwork.biz slash legendary and pick up sweet rolls. If you have children, pick up extra because why do they have to know that they're eating something healthy? They'll love the way they taste. And while you're there, also check out the Tasty Pastry, which is the upgraded version of a Pop-Tart. Once again, that's less than one gram of sugar. 20 grams of high-quality protein, and five net carbs. Again, shrnetwork.biz slash legendary. Use the code SHR10 and save big time. Okay, now that's enough of my babbling on. Let's get Porter on here. How you doing, Porter? I'm doing, I'm doing great, Carl. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I really appreciate it. Oh, man. I, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, but you're busy. You're really – like – so one of the things I <clears> – excuse me. One of the things I said about you in the write-up is that what you learned being a pro bodybuilder, you have now taught so many people in Louisville, Kentucky. There's so many people I know that I want run into, and I'll talk to them, and they're in great shape. Oh, oh yeah, I worked with Porter. I worked with Porter. I worked, And you still work with pro uh, uh, novice, or what do I want to say, amateur bodybuilders trying to get their pro card. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you really love this, don't you? This is not something you do because you have to. This is something you do because you want to, right? Oh, well, that is 100% right. I love, like, let me just say this. I, I say this all the time, Carl. I, I've been really working out since I was around 12 years old. Mm -hmm. you know? And I tell people all the time, and I, I tell all my clients this, you know, so I think, so we're looking at close to, what, 40-something 40, 40 years I've mm -hmm. been working out. Mm -hmm. I love working out today more than I ever have in my entire life. 
And one of the contributing factors to me retiring from bodybuilding, because bodybuilding was changing when I decided to retire, and I didn't want to be a part of it any longer, is, is to teach people to ha- how to be healthy. And so I, I still get to work out. I'm around the gym uh, atmosphere, and then I'm helping. I'm just teaching people to be healthy, nothing more, nothing less. And it's a really, at the end of the day, my friend, it's really all about longevity. And the only way you're going to maintain longevity is to exercise and to have somewhat of a balanced uh, diet program in your life. You, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a bodybuilder. You don't have to be anything other than just try to think about, hey, I want to be healthy. So I try to make decent choices uh, the majority of the time, if you can. So you and I have a common friend, Dwight Witten. He's over at uh, oh, uh, 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 WHS, the, the big AM right. station here in town. And mm-hmm. you you transformed him, not only his body, but the way he thinks about his life and food. And he's always, like when we talk, he's always looking to step it up. You, you, you And I remember when he first started training with you, you told him something you told me early on. Strip away mm-hmm. as much fat as possible and let's see what we're working with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, one, one thing I will say, uh, I, I, what I've learned over the years, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but I had an eating disorder during my bodybuilding career that I was able to keep at bay uh, to a certain degree um, and do what I had to do to compete, but still I struggled. And one through just realizing that, and then one day I just said, this is it, I'm done. Uh, what I realized that people have a very bad relationship with food. And Dwight was one that had a bad relationship with food, just like me. So what I did with him, and like I try to do with other people, is try to change your relationship with food and have a healthy one. And when you do that, and when you realize that food no longer controls you because it has no bearing on me, Mm -hmm. if I didn't have to eat, I probably wouldn't eat, but I eat because I want to be healthy. And I think that's what Dwight did. I think Dwight finally connected the dots, if you will. And then you take uh, Daryl Isaacs, too, the hammer. He's lost 80 pounds over the Amazing. It's he, about a relationship that you develop with food that no longer controls you. Do you understand what I'm saying, right. Carl? Oh, I know. So that's, remember, that's exactly what Dwight did. I was the walking dead at 39 years old. I was I being, fitted, I was being fitted, fitted for a pacemaker, they told me. Yeah, I remember when you were heavy. And, and you've been off for a long long time and look at Dwight I think Dwight's going on his fourth year uh, and I, I pray that you know and I, I'm sure he will Daryl do the same thing and I've had other people I've worked with that's developed a better relationship with food and really uh, if you can think like that then your whole you know mindset changes about working out about eating it, it don't, no longer becomes that important to you if that makes sense right right yeah it, it, because sometimes when things when you focus on things too much they become enemies you know oh, what I mean? Well, so, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so I want you to tell a story that you told me one day. We were s- sitting at the gym. Um, you were getting ready for a pro competition, and you had really cut your fat bad, like horribly bad. Mm-hmm. And you were getting ready to squat that day. You remember the story you told me? You were getting, oh, you, you, yeah. you, and you, 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 you started to cry, like you didn't know why you felt this way, and you, you had to go home. And you, no, no, you're well, okay. What? Here, here, let me just say this to you. I, I do realize yeah, you, when you look at the condition of bodybuilding, and this is no disrespect to any bodybuilders today, but you look at bodybuilders today in, in the 90s and the 80s, there was just a different level of a conditioning. I, I, do, I do believe, it's my personal opinion, in order to get in that type of condition, you have to suffer. To, you're going to suffer. Yes. yes. Fair. But unfortunately, you know, as you get older, you, you get wiser. Uh, unfortunately, I thought in my brain that, you know, I needed to bring my body or my fat intake down as low as I could um, in order to get lean. Well, that does a lot of terrible things to your body as, as far as your mindset, your overall feeling of well-being, your energy levels, uh, your mood, your hormones, your libido. All that plays a big role when you dissipate fat like that to that degree. And I remember uh, I was getting ready to do legs and I, basically I couldn't do it. And, you know, Carl, do you remember uh, Fedrin or Ma Wong? Yeah. Remember? When yes. I was using, yeah. Remember I had, thank God we had that back then. But even to, to get myself to do something, I had to use it because I felt so lethargic, almost like a zombie. And I remember leaving the gym. It was on a Sunday morning. And I, I went out in my car and I literally, I had a breakdown. Like, what the heck is going on? And then finally, I remember a conversation that Lita Brawl and I had at the FIBO. We was in Madrid, I think, at a FIBO. 
And he said to me, hey, what kind of fats do you take in? And I said, well, I don't. <laughs> and he laughed at me. He goes, man, are you serious? I said, yeah. You know, because in my brain, I thought if I eat fat, I'm going to get fat. It has no bearing on anything. So I remember that little conversation I'd had with Lee, and I'd bought a bottle of uh, a Norwegian or no, hold up, uh, Barling's High Lignin Flaxseed right. Oil. Do you remember that? Right. And I went home, Carl, and I remember shaking. I didn't even know to shake the bottle up. And I remember taking a, a tablespoon of that down, and had to. I had to chase it with some Sprite. And I realized, oh, my God, this is terrible. But, Carl, within 30 minutes, mm-hmm. 30 minutes, I felt like a normal person. So that's when I realized fat was such an important element. And from that point on, that's when I started balancing my diet out. And I never struggled again. Never, and- did, never did I feel bad. And you've never so so if I remember correctly because you, you used to even do some uh, help people with their meal prep you used to teach them how to meal yeah, prep and something I had like. a meal prep business yeah right so what 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 were the macro ratios that you usually got people into in, in the beginning I tried to move it more toward like a fifty thirty twenty right you no know, base your meals on and by, by the way if I may say this. I mean, I, I don't consider myself, I don't like to use the word, I don't eat a bodybuilding diet. I just eat a balanced diet. I just believe through trial and error, Carl, that I need to base my meals on protein and I move from that. Right. I don't base my meals on a carbohydrate. So anytime I get ready to eat, and I try to teach all my clients this, think about, okay, what kind of, pro- there's a multitude of uh, different proteins out there, but what kind of protein am I going to get? And I build from that. And then uh, the only thing that I do is so simplistic is I don't eat starchy carbohydrates after three o'clock. I, you taught me that. I don't either. I know. It's as simple as that. And it's not rocket science. And, you know, you spoke of the Atkins diet and, you know, the intermittent fasting. And I, I mean, I know people are really into the intermittent fasting and I don't want to be, you know, I mean, we, we do intermittent fast. I mean, we breakfast, it means breaking fast. <laughs> right. I mean, like yesterday, I, I ate my last meal at six. So I didn't eat again until uh, 5 a.m. So I went for a pretty long period of time. Right. Without eating. Right. You know, so I did have an intermittent fasting situation transpire. Right. And I did, you know, anyway, that's how I live my life. But I think you should base your meals on protein and move from there, especially, my friend, as you get older. Because remember, we the acceleration of aging, our body starts to atrophy. And there's going to be a point in time, depending on hormones and so on and so forth, that we can't even alter that atrophy effect. The aging process is going to take place. But so if we can base our meals on protein, which we know sustains almost everything in the body, then why not base it on that and move your other macronutrients to the side and add to, to your meal from that point? It just makes it so simple. Yeah, I agree. Who who were the big influences on nutrition for you when you were coming up in the 80s? Was Vince Gironda somebody you looked to for, for advice or who else? Armin Tanny? Uh, no one. No. I, I listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, let me just say this to you. I remember a young, inspiring, as I was a young, inspiring bodybuilder, you'd hear so many different contradictory things. I was like 19 years old. And I was, you know, this person would tell you this, Carl, this person would tell you that. Right. And I finally, I remember one day I went to, I just thought, okay, this is ridiculous. So I went to someone by the name of, the guy was named Steve Constance. He had been, he was the best bodybuilder in a tri-state at that given point in time. I was in awe of his physique. And I finally remember I went one day to him and I said, Steve, can I, you know, timidly, if you will, I went and asked, I said, Steve, can I ask you a question? And I just posed this to him. I said, hey, dude, I keep hearing all these contradictory opinions on diet, nutrition, exercise. So what do you think? He goes, Porter, what I would tell you to do, everyone is uniquely different, but they're all the, we're all the same. Read as much as you can. Try to discover what works for your body. And because no one will ever know you like you do. And that's where, I, that's where it started. And as I told Dwight last time I did a show with Dwight, I used to go get these books. And I would read them, dude. I couldn't afford them, so I'd be real meticulous with the, the pages. And <laughs> up all night. I'd take it back, get another one, another And then through a trial and error of my first show, I realized, well, hey, if only thing I changed is the way I eat. If I just go ahead and continue this on and just increase the cork intake, then that will make me a better bodybuilder. And, Carl, this is the God's honest truth. I'll tell you about this. I don't know if I ever told you this. My very first show I did, I did drug-free. I, uh, I think I weighed 151. I promise you, my friend. The next show I did was 10 months later. That was in Mr. Louisville, Mr. Louisville, Mr. Kentucky. I weighed 178 pounds in 10 months. Wow. You know, that's the start of my career. And that's when I realized that food is the basis of changing your physique. And just like now, 
we love to work out. I think you love working out just yeah. like I do. But really, it's all predicated upon what you eat. Mm-hmm. And that's really just as simple as it gets. I want to put. You know, I want to. I want to put a picture up. I want to put a couple pictures up and ask you when. When was this picture taken? Oh, that was after the 1988 Junior Nationals. Man, and look how flat yeah. your stomach was. That's something you don't mm-hmm. see in today's bodybuilders anymore. You Unfortunately, don't see you're, you're you're probably pretty spot on. You 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 can't. They, none of them could do vacuum pose anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what about this picture here with uh, with uh, what's his name? That now? was after the 1992 Chicago Pro. I beat Kevin in that show, but look how great Kevin looks. Yeah. Well, you both yeah. look great. Look how grainy you were. I mean, yeah. that was amazing yeah. to, to be able to get to that level of body fat is really a lot harder than people yeah. think. And it's then, a difficult process, but it's a fun process. Now that show was after the uh, the ninety three. 93 Chicago Pro, and I don't. I know you don't know this, but uh, Johnny and I, we, we were like, we were both freezing. It was so cold off the bay. Right. I remember being so cold. I told Chris Lund, I said, "Dude, I can't take it anymore. I'm freezing." And then, know, but look how good he looks. Well, I, well, you too. I mean, you know, the, one of the things I notice about you is you are very uh, symmetrical and proportioned. You know, you're. It's not like some people you see their torso is too long for their legs or their legs are too long. I mean, you really had the genetics to, to utilize. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you have a beautiful physique. Now, I appreciate that. One, one more picture, and then I want to talk about some of your beginnings. So that was that was a magazine. When, when was yeah, that? Yeah, that was in, it. Was the ninety nine? That was my last photo shoot I did. And that was one of the pictures that was on the wall at Powerhouse Gym. Mm-hmm. I weighed uh, about two eighteen there. Was that your heaviest? Because I remember you said you yeah. tried to get you you got to two thirty, but you didn't like the way you looked, right? Uh, well, in the off season, I would never. You no, know, my last Mister Olympia in ninety nine, when I got you know right before I quit, four weeks prior to the show, I was ready around two twenty, two twenty one, but I didn't like my physique anymore. I did I did not like it. It it was I was no longer an artist. I always kind of considered myself an artist. I was just really a bodybuilder, and and then didn't want to do it anymore. Right? It was over for me. You know, I lost that. Uh, that love for Special it. Special little thing I had. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I felt like a freak, if you want me to be honest with you. Well, <laughs> you me well, let's, with you? well let's talk about that. It, it, it's almost like the sport of bodybuilding uh, rewards the freaks. But is that because the audience wants to see freaks or is there something else going on? No, 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 no. I, no, I think the judges set that. Uh, you know, I think, you know, they set the tone. And like when Dorian came in. Around 95, 96, uh, Dorian was uh, larger, and then um, it progressed from there. And it, it's, it's, it has escalated ever since. But the judges could pull that back if they wanted to, to say, hey, look, guys, this is really not the you know the type of physique we're really wanting. And all those guys that are larger, they can dial all that back. Yeah, you know, They can change their physique and become more sleek, more um, – well, bring the beauty back, if you will. Yeah. Um- Oh, I've got so many questions for you. I'm trying to pick one that that goes. No, so, so not. did you did you follow Vince Gironda or any, any of those guys when yeah, we were young? Familiar. Yeah, absolutely. What about Jack Lalane? Yeah, uh, yeah, I followed him, and I was in you know all as a young kid, I was in awe with them. But you know, I, I never really took much from them. Um, my my favorite bodybuilder growing up, honestly, was Bob Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, um, you know, I was just in awe, but. Um, I never really probably garnered any information from them, mm-hmm. you know. But well, you just appreciated uh, what they were and, and what I just, they stood Yeah, for. I adored their look, and that's yeah. what I would, like, sought after. You know, that's what, in my mind, you know, they were uh, statuesque. You know, they were they were uh, uh, beautiful in their in their physique, you know, if that makes sense to you, the way they were built. And that's the really way the, body, the human body, the male body, if you will, should look if you're going to compete. And, right. you know, that's what I, you know thought about doing, you know, as I, I was getting older, I wanted to look like that, if you will. With, but at the same time, keeping my own identity. So uh, one of the things we talked on, you and I, you were on the show probably two or three times uh, when, mm-hmm. in 2006. One of the things we talked about <clears throat> was what motivated you as a young boy to start bodybuilding. And I said to you, I kind of think that all of us who gravitate towards physical culture have some sort of inadequacy that we're trying to correct or fill or feel better and talk about what started you into this well well what really started me 
because I didn't know what bodybuilding was, is, you know, seeing my first Hercules movie. Mm-hmm. My father, you know, my father took me to uh, the drive-in to see my first Hercules movie. And I was just literally in awe. But, you know, I often wonder where that drive came from. And I, I'm just going to be straight with you. Um, I would probably be what you would be considered an abused child. Okay. Cool. And once I got a hold of, so that was painful. But once I got a hold of bodybuilding or like the working out thing, and I, I noticed some changes, just some just minute changes within my physique, it started making me feel better about me. Yes. You know, and uh, you know, I'm a, you know I grew up kind of like without a father, my real father, but um, it's something that I could do myself, and I had full control over it, and. That was the probably driving force to me doing bodybuilding, uh, because when you're uh, you have an abusive situation as a young child, um, your self esteem is very much affected. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, like I have a son, I have a 14 year old son, and the one thing I always teach him, you know, to be a leader and and you know, believe in yourself, man. And I didn't have that, so bodybuilding gave me that catalyst. Mm-hmm. And then that's where I think was the driving force. And then I remember one day, Carl, this is for real. I'll just, I don't know if I've ever told anyone this. I remember being about 11 or 12 years old and it finished raining in my driveway and the sun just had come out. You know how you get a rainbow. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, there has to be more than life. What I see before me, you know, experiences. And I said, I, I don't want to leave this earth. I, I swear. This is what I said to myself. I don't want to leave this earth without leaving my mark somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the same as what I see before me. And that's that's really kind of where it came from. That's yeah. what all really it's, that's the seed, if you will. Right. And that's what I did. And, I was and, just very fortunate though and blessed to be in the right place at the right time, have the right work ethic. Everything has to come together. It's a multifaceted situation when you talk about the success of like for example, bodybuilding, because very few people make it. There's a lot of incredible bodybuilders out there, but the very few make it. So um, who started with you? Like, who was the first person to that you trained with that that taught you what a lot of the things that you know? Was there one person? Were there mel- multiple people that, you, that influenced you in the beginning? Are you talking about me training and how to train and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's going to sound terrible when I tell you this. No, there was no one. Right, Carl. I would just look at books, but I, I'll, I'll simply say this to you. I had an innate, innate ability, an ability to actually, with biomechanics and stuff and training, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. Just felt natural. Now, don't get me wrong. I would watch everyone. Right. But at the end of the day, I would pull out what I thought, thought was best. So I'm, I believe everything to me has to have an element of logic to it. Yeah, you're a critical thinker. And if it wasn't, yeah. I can't function. Right. And it, so that's the way I look. That's why I worked with it, dietarily speaking, chemical wise. And training wise, and so through trial and error, you know, of my own, I was able to um, just get better and better and better. And it doesn't mean I, as I got older, I didn't read and try to understand the body more. Uh, but at the same time, at the very early on years, I would just read little books and watch little exercises and try to mimic them. And if it didn't feel right, I would change. You know, if it didn't feel right, I would change that movement. Right, so to fit you, the new of the movement. Right, to fit you. Yeah, I want to. I want to put this up real quick. Because we're going to take our first break. Um, okay. You actually have uh, a personal training uh, business where yeah. people can come and work with. Now, can you work with people from far away or do they have to be here in Louisville? Uh, I, I don't like to do that. When I do my personal training, I like to be hands on. And that's one of the contributing factors to us producing, um, you know, Lance Perkins and I producing the Abani Chief program is that. It enables people to actually follow him through the process of me training him and him going through his metamorphosis and getting him in incredible shape. So they're able to view all these different videos and then it's all done in real time. It's eight months, eight, eight months, I think, worth of videos, 300 something videos. And they're able to see everything that we do, how we train, the nuances of training, the nuances of exercises, how you combine exercises, the dietary aspect. We go in the kitchen. We show them how to cook. We put it all together. You can re- you can watch that and listen to that and really garner a lot of information, mm-hmm. especially people or people just want to get in great shape. 
So you, you, I see a lot of bodybuilders who are firemen now. That that job, while it's life threatening and you take big risks, it, yeah. it, it affords you the time to eat right and train and all that, right? <laughs> you, Carl, that's one of the contributing factors to me becoming. Even though I, I'm thankful for my career with the local fire department, that is one of the, everything I did when I was younger. I was such a bodybuilder. You know, in my brain, like and everything came before, you know, I had to make sure it worked with my body body. But the 24, 48 hour schedule was a perfect catalyst to, you know, anyone who wanted to be a bodybuilder because you work, you know, you work, you're off two days and you tr- you, you work one. And it enabled me to pursue both avenues, both careers. And, you know, what people don't realize, well, most people that know me know, it, I worked a full-time career. Like Ronnie Coleman and I worked full, full, full-time jobs during my bodybuilding career. If it wasn't for the fire department, I couldn't have done that. Right. I couldn't have had both. I don't know how Ronnie did it, you know. But, you know, they gave me time off from work when I needed off. I'd have people work for me. I'd make trades. I mean, it was just a perfect segue. And it was, it was an incredible segue to my personal training business when I retired from bodybuilding. I want to take a break. When we come back, I want to pick up on Ronnie Coleman. I'm sure you're following, you know, his oh, challenges yeah. mm-hmm. with his spine and stuff like that. And I'd just like to ask yeah. you some questions about that. We're talking sure. today with Porter Cottrell. Um, he has been uh, an inspiration to me when I was a big fat kid, becoming a lean guy. Uh, I just would watch him around. And, in fact, I approached him one day when I was uh, very new to the gym. And I said, you know, uh, you you having you here really sets the bar so much higher for me because it made me think – you know, I could look like that. Maybe not. Like I don't have the discipline to diet. That's my problem. But mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I could look like that, or some some variation of that. And and you were there. It was real. You could see you, touch you, and hear you. And it wasn't a guy in a magazine. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's it's been. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Let's do this. Well, I appreciate that, Carl. T- t- take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Superhuman Radio. Stay with us. Remember those rectangular toaster pastries you used to love when you were a kid? Well, Legendary Foods has just made them better. The new cake-style tasty pastry is like nothing you've ever had before. With 20 grams of high-quality protein and less than one gram of sugar, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to shrnetwork.biz slash legendary and use the code SHR10 to save to save 10% off your purchase of tasty pastries. Now available in cookies and cream, red velvet cake, birthday cake, blueberry, strawberry, brown sugar cinnamon, and hot fudge. Sunday. Go to shrnetwork.biz slash legendary and use code SHR10 today. Dogs should be powered by fat and protein, not carbs. That's why Visionary Pet makes low-carb, ketogenic dog food for dogs of all breeds and life stages. From kibble to freeze-dried and even low-carb treats, all Visionary Pet recipes are very low-carb, ketogenic, and made with 100% real meat protein. Shop now and use code SHR for 20% off your first order today. Your dog deserves the lifelong benefits of optimal nutrition. Make the switch to Visionary and see why smart dogs eat low-carb. Millions of people know that shrewd food is the smartest way to snack. Ever get that craving for crunchy snacks but don't want to eat all those empty carbs? Well, instead of puffed corn or wheat like most snacks, shrewd food puffs protein powder. This gives these crazy efficient macros. 2 grams of carbs, 14 grams of protein. That's as high as 67% protein and with only 90 calories. So knock out the carbs but keep the amazing flavor and crunch you're looking for. Shrewd Food is now available at Walmart and Sprouts. Or go to shrnetwork.biz slash shrewdfood and use the code SHR25 for 25% off your order. Hey, this is Carl Lenore. I am the inventor of Gunleash. Over half a million handguns are lost in the United States every year. If you carry a gun like I do, you are 300 times more likely to lose your gun. And 15% of those guns will end up in criminals' hands and used in the commission of a crime. Gunleash solves that problem. Gunleash is a patented, no-tracking proximity device the size of a postage stamp. It will alert you as soon as your gun is outside of your range, so you can never leave your gun behind. To learn more and to be notified when Gunleash is available at the end of January, go to Gunleash.com and get on our mailing list. Gunleash. Never lose your gun. Never leave your gun. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. We're ripped and we're ready. Welcome back. We're talking with Porter Cottrell. 
He's had an illustrious uh, career as a pro bodybuilder. But even a, a bigger effect of his life is how he has mentored and changed other people's lives for the better. And that's the value. It doesn't matter about the money. When, when you leave this planet, it's the number of people you've touched and affected who remember you after you've left. Um, we have some questions. Let me, let, me, let me put these up, and then we'll get back on track with, with my questions. Sure. So, um, Sergio Delgadillo says, um, you mentioned the change that had you walk away from co- competition. What did the death of Mohammed Beneziza, who died in your arms, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. have on your ultimate decision to walk away from competition? I remember reading that you administered major aid to him, right? You, you, you gave him uh, CPR because you were a fireman. You knew how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for about 45 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Um, Momo's death really didn't have a bearing in me on me retiring, per se. Um, I always kind of felt like I never did a lot of chemicals, Carl, believe it or not. Oh, I know. I tried to, I was a minimalist. A minimalist. I, 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 bled, I believed less is better. Um, but they were doing some crazy things with um, diuretics and uh, potassium and, you know, slow K and stuff like that. And, uh, and that's, I think uh, Momo got himself in a situation which he had gotten himself in a situation just the following March that he couldn't get him get get himself out of, and in our ignorance, if you will, to his renal failure taking place through all the projectile vomiting and stuff, you know, we could have maybe saved his life, but no, we we didn't, you know. And I, you can, I guess, you can blame it on a lot of different people, but his passing was really rough for me, you know, as a friend. You, I've done CPR hundreds and hundreds of times, but when you do CPR on a friend, yeah. Somebody you've been hanging out with for five or six weeks, regardless of the circumstances, it's it's pretty, it's a, it's a little bit jarring, if you will. Traumatic. But that's not why I retired. The reason I retired is because the sport was changing. I tell people all the time, I always felt like I stated earlier, I always felt like an artist when I was bodybuilding. The moment I started feeling like a bodybuilder, I left, and that's what I started feeling like mm-hmm. because the sport was evolving into something it did not mimic or it changed the way bodybuilding was. I mean, it was no longer about the beauty, if you will. It was becoming more of the mass monitoring. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like me, so I had to step away. And plus, I wanted to be healthy. Yeah, right. And there, and there is an aspect to that, too. And we're going to talk about Ronnie Coleman in a second. Thomas Whittingham says, great show. Porter, thank you for your honesty. Steve Reeves, Bob Paris, and Porter. Great proportions, as you pointed out. And really, I back, appreciate that. Yeah, and back then, that's what it was about. It was about symmetry. Mm-hmm. It was about balance. It was about, you know, working hard to have your left lat look exactly like your right lat. Nowadays, you just get as big as you can, and that's it. Yeah. Well, can I tell you what I think a perfect physique is, if I may say this? Please. For me, when you look at someone's physique and nothing stands out, there's nothing glaring stands out. Right, Everything is- perfectly flows. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, because you, it, it's like I, I don't. I don't want to say this. Like uh, it's a with, a with a girl who has huge boobs. That's all she's got, right? That sticks out. If a guy, if a, a girl can have larger breasts, but if it, it matches her physique, yes, it's the beauty of the physique. Yes, and and Craig Hollander says Porter is a legend. How do you feel when people say that about you? You know, my son asked me that just a couple of weeks ago when we were driving my car. I look. To be honest with you, dude, I just feel like a normal everyday guy. I was just built a little bit different, had a couple of different experiences, but honestly, I'm just me. I see Porter sometimes coming out of Costco. I'm going in. He's coming out with stuff. I know you're just a regular guy. And that's how that, that was the thing that uh, endeared me to you because I had always seen in the books, the bodybuilders, you know, they're like trying to look aggressive and, and they look like they're constipated. And you would just like this, you would like, you always walked fast. You'd walk in the gym, go to your client, do your thing, walk out, come back later. I mean, you were, you were always on the move. But yeah, you were just very approachable, very, very approachable. Yeah. Now, hold up. That being said, you know, I remember retiring from bodybuilding, Carl, and I realized when I got off chemicals, you know, because you can take a minute amount of chemicals and they still affect you hormonally. Right. And then you get the diet and all the stress of travel and all the above. And I remember... Um, once I finally stopped taking everything and I realized how much of an effect they did have on me to a degree, I remember 
uh, going to people and apologizing. Really? Because I'm sure there's been points of times when I was dieting for a show that I don't want to say I was mean, but I was not kind. Grumpy. Grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, so I remember doing that. Yeah. So I always tried to be a kind person, but sometimes I'm sure, you know, I was not, you know, I just maybe was short, if you will. Yeah, but, you know, you got to cut people slack. So what are your opinions of of HRT? Because I happen to know the doses that you use because we talked about it on the show in 2006. You were using doses that would be considered HRT doses today, 300 milligrams. Like, are you a fan of HRT today? Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, absolutely I am. Like, I I knew I was going in andropause. I was fortunate enough when I retired from bodybuilding. The only stupid thing I will tell you when I retired, Carl, I was so done with drugs done with bodybuilding. I completely went cold turkey. How stupid was that? And I, my system shut down. I remember going to a sports endocrinologist here in Louisville, Kentucky, whatever. And um, it was six months and my total testosterone, Carl, my total testosterone after six months of being on nothing was only 60. So that means that my free was totally non-existent. Yeah. Fortunately, I went to a specialist in Houston, Texas about two months later, um, Dr. Mike Dr. Uh, Michael Scully. I remember and he was able to bring my system back. Yeah. So I, and I was clean. I didn't take anything for 10 years. And then once Canyon was born, I knew I was going to andropause. And like most men don't even know that women go through menopause and men go through andropause. And then I started a hormonal replacement and I've been on a hundred milligrams every seven days for four, 14 years. And that makes you feel good. A hundred. Yeah, and, you know, and your receptor sites do downgrade. You know that, yeah. but I, I don't want to do any more than that because when you look at my blood work, my blood my blood work is good. But you know, the standard protocol now, Carl, from wellness clinics and from some physicians is 200, 200 milligrams a week. Carl, I would be two hundred twenty five pounds if I took that. Right. You know, and right. the most gains I've ever made in my entire life. This is God's honest truth. The most gains I ever made in my entire life as a bodybuilder is on three hundred milligrams a week. I remember that. I know, I know. That's why I say, yeah. Yeah, and you see, don't need any more than that. And people, and like right now, there are people in the audience going bullshit. But that you, uh, you told me that in 2006. That that's all you need. That's all you need. No, listen, there's one thing about me. I, I try to always be honest with people, so maybe they won't make the same mistakes these other bodies builder. And I've done stupid stuff. Everyone knows that. We all have through experimentation. I remember I did the Ironman, and I decided, well, you know what? I'm going to bump my milligrams up to 750 a week. That's what I said. Changed my whole physique. It looked terrible it, because the androgen properties were too much. So, mm-hmm. therefore, you can't really get that crisp, grainy look. Mm-hmm. So, that's what's really what's going on today with the bodybuilders today. So, I pulled back again to a smaller dosage, you know, when I started competing What do you again do? Uh, after that show. Uh, I see Ronnie still training. God bless him. He still, he yeah, loves love to train, him. but it's kind of sad. Like I almost feel like he shouldn't have never went for the first back surgery. He's had like eight now. You know, that's hindsight. You know, you, you, you think about, you know, you go in when you, you're going to go have surgery, especially, I guess, evidently he was in a tremendous amount of discomfort. You don't know how it's going to turn out. And then you have multiple surgeries trying to recover from the surgery. That was maybe not the greatest. Right. And you end up, in situations that are not great. So you and I have a love of something that my audience knows I love mine. That that's our inversion tables, right? So, oh, absolutely. Uh, so I would be in Ronnie's shape now if I didn't have an inversion table. I'm, I know this because I've had doctors tell me. Um, my my lumbar spine is really pretty bad, and it even it, from from they they yeah they dis it's disintegrating yeah, yeah. but yeah. believe it or not. Um, my uh, inversion table keeps me from having pain. I get on it twice a day. I hang. I hang upside down like you do. Relax the core. Feel yeah. the spine stretch out. I read. I think everybody should have an inversion table, even if you don't lift heavy weights because you sit all day long. Yeah, and, and what people don't realize through aging, the aging process, the discs are unable to totally rehydrate themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's what happens when we rest at night. So... To keep your youthfulness and your height, if you will, and the healthiness of the disc, regardless of if you have a back injury or not, like you stated, everyone should do that. Everyone mm-hmm. should use an aversion table. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Yeah. No, I, I, in, my, I, in, my, in my book. Yeah. I, and you, they're, not, they're not expensive. Like, I know you have a really good one. You have a Teeters. And that yeah. and he was on the show years ago. I have, like, one that I bought from uh, Played Against Sports for $80. I love it. It doesn't matter as long as it gets the job done. Yes. Yeah, I, I, one of them said, "Save me." It, it saved me. 
So talk about vitamin C. Uh, Some years ago, maybe eight years ago, a study came out that said uh, taking vitamin C before training uh, will keep your mitochondria from being able to adapt. In other words, get stronger and and do more. Mm -hmm. But you uh, and another guy I know uh, have been taking fairly large doses of vitamin C for how many years now have you been doing that? Since 91. Six grams, right? You take six grams a day? Uh. I, t- I do three and three. If I feel like something, I'm really over the last two or three years when you, you're people are dealing with the COVID crap, you, you know, what I've come to find out over the last five or 10 years, really it's all about your immune system. So I used to get sin- sinus infections all the time through travel and, you know, airplanes, what worst place you can be. And once I started realizing how the importance of vitamin C was, I started increasing my dosage. And boom, I didn't get as many uh, sinus infections. So over the course of the time, I, I've just stayed consistent. And then over time, you learn that there's other elements that you can do to enhance your immune system. And it, it, at the end of the day, Carl, when it comes to overall health and well-being, not only is your, your nutrients is important from the food that you eat, but taking nutraceuticals that involve uh, enhancing your immune system. Uh, most people, like when they feel something came on, they just let it come on and they don't think about, okay, hold up. What can I do to strengthen my immune system? And vitamin C, quercetin, vitamin D and zinc are the four most important elements that I could throw at you that are vital for enhancing your immune system. So I just do, I do that every day. I don't ever, you know, stray away from that. And if I feel something's coming on, I just increase it substantially for the first five or six days. And I'm really big on oregano oil. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, oil Antifungal. Antifungal. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But it also is a very powerful antibiotic Hmm. and it's a booger to take. And, but you know, that's what you can do. So there's a lot of a myriad of different things that you can do to enhance your immune system. I just think vitamin C is one of the, the one, the easiest ones you can do and the ones that you should be the most consistent with. So you're a big fan of egg protein, right? Egg whites. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, that's egg protein. You're, 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 you're a huge fan. Like a lot of the people that you get ready for competitions, you get them to eat like egg whites exclusively for a while, right? Yeah, real, real. I don't, I'm just going to be straight with you. I don't like anything like, you know, how people go to the, and the get container. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not into that. I'm just going to tell you straight up. Um, we'll just put it this way. I tell most people, I, my whole bodybuilding career was built on food, never a protein drink ever. Right. Now, you know, that, I, you know, I'm so busy. Sometimes I need to keep myself in that positive nitrogen balance. I'll have a protein drink, but if I didn't have to, I would never touch a protein powder. I'd use all real food. So when I teach people to prepare for shows, there's no protein drinks. It's all real eggs. So um, most of my life, I guess I ate three dozen eggs a day, three right. dozen egg whites a day. Right. I still eat two dozen a day. Right. Even today. Whole or, or egg whites still? No. Every once in a while, a rule of thumb, for, for every six, you can add a yolk. And yolks are great for you. They have CLAs and stuff. So there's other you know important uh, nutrients in, in the egg yolk. But... You know, um, I just use the egg whites, and every once in a while, I don't really like the taste of the egg yolk anymore, if that makes sense. A lot of people say the egg yolk makes it takes longer to digest because of all the fat and cholesterol. Because of the fat content? Yeah, it's just slower. It's slower to digest. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. That's 100%. You're exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about social media and bodybuilding? This is completely different, right? You guys had to work hard to be recognized to get into a magazine mm-hmm. or for something. But today, everybody's a, a pro. I mean, I'm, I'm using that term mm-hmm. euphemistically. Everybody's a pro on, on Instagram. Like, you got all everybody. It's, what do you think? Is, has social media been good, bad, or really no difference? for? for well, I would like to say it's been good, but sometimes um, what you see within the Instagram or Facebook, people – there's you're seeing snippets <laughs> and it's not really reality. Mm-hmm. And so the realism's not there. And I think they get a lot of misinformation just by, from a snippet of a video. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it's, there's, it's advantageous to a degree, but I think it's counterproductive to another degree. If that makes sense. Uh, we're going to take a last commercial break. If anybody has questions, put them up now. Uh, we'll be right back with more of Porter Cottrell. Stay tuned.
Great Sleep upgrades you on virtually every level. Body fat, muscle mass, mood, brain function, and countless other ways. But taking melatonin alone isn't the answer. Thanks to a brand new sleep formula developed by my friends at Bioptimizers, you can experience the best night's sleep ever. Sleep Breakthrough is a delicious sleep drink that supports your natural melatonin production and relaxation without creating a dependency so you can have the best night's sleep on demand. It targets five different sleep pathways to give you the best sleep ever. And best of all, you'll wake up feeling rested and rejuvenated so that you can have the best day possible. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to sleepbreakthrough.com slash SHR and use the code SHR10 for 10% off. Plus, you can unlock special gifts with the value of at least $20. This is a limited time offer so go to sleepbreakthrough.com forward slash shr right now hey guys it's time to change your f-ing underwear and it's time to change to sheath sheath's underwear's revolutionary designs allows your man parts to hang the way they would naturally hang if you were not wearing underwear and this improves the blood flow throughout the day to the twigs and berries If you've never experienced wearing a pair of sheath underwear, boy, is there an exciting experience waiting for you. Grab a pen and write this down. Go to shrnetwork.biz slash sheath. That's S-H-E-A-T-H. And use the code superhuman to save 20% off your first pair. And get this, if you're not completely satisfied... Send them back for a full refund. That's shrnetwork.biz slash sheath. I would easily say that I am the hugest proponent you will ever meet to doing anything that will improve the quality of my sleep. And that's because sleep is linked to just about every metabolic disorder we see in our population today. One of the easiest things you can do to improve the quality of your sleep is to get a pillow that can be shaped into the exact form factor that allows you to get your best night's sleep. And that is my pillow. I've been sleeping with my pillow for a few years now. And I can tell you that when I have to travel and stay in hotels, I don't get a good night's sleep because I don't have my pillow with me. Right now, you can save up to 60% off of everything offered to improve the quality of your sleep at shrnetwork.biz slash mypillow when you use the code SHR. Or you can call toll-free 800-889-4938. And remember to use code SHR to save up to 60% off of everything at their website. There are lots of concerns about food supply today. That's why you need White Oak Pastures. White Oak Pastures will deliver food right to your door step. You don't even have to go out and be disappointed by shopping in grocery stores. The finest beef, pork, lamb, duck, and more can be found at White Oak Pastures. And now they even have seafood. And best of all, White Oak Pastures has a negative carbon footprint, which means that you don't have to feel guilty for eating your ribeye. Go to shrnetwork.biz slash white oak and use the code superhuman to save 15% off. Spit that out right now. This is the Superhuman Channel. Did you recognize Dwight's voice? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and listen, I think it's great that you advertise uh, my pillow. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not making. Uh, it, I think I, it's awesome. I'm, I'm, and I just said this to Elisa. I'm not making any money anymore with him. They, really? They, yeah, they paid me. Yeah, I, I run it. She says, "Well, why do you keep running a spot?" I says, "I support him. I feel bad for this guy." And you hey, know, I love Michael Liddell. Well, and you know what's funny? Bed Bath and Beyond. They were all woke and they they kicked him out. They just closed like two hundred stores. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, Carl. How'd that work out for them? Yeah. Exactly. Did yeah, work out. That just blows me away, dude. Yeah. No, I I, I keep running the spot as long if I if I don't if I have inventory. In other words, if I don't have a a paying spot to put in that place, I, I run his spot because I, I love the guy. I think he's I really great. like that. Um. So now I want to talk about sleep. One of the things that I knew about you back in the day when we were young is that uh, you didn't sleep a lot, and I, and I kind of feel like you 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 felt like. You didn't need to sleep a lot. You'd get up in the morning. You were energetic. You'd, you'd stay up late working. I know you had a lot of work to do. What's your mm-hmm. opinion of sleep nowadays? <laughs> it's totally changed. I realized that it's a vital com- you know, component to overall just well-being. I didn't realize, uh, Carl, if, you, if I may, because, you know, you grow. As you get older, you learn things and you, you become wiser. Your body goes through a detoxification when you sleep. Mm-hmm. And when you don't sleep, you, you don't detoxify. Your brain doesn't detoxify. I mean, it's really a kind of an incredible process that takes place when you, you rest at night. So that being said, most of my career I've built on three to four or five hours a night. 
you know, I used to please what you know, if it's three or four o'clock, please let me get up, you know, and I would fight it and, you know, get up even though if I know my body needed it. But now I always try to sleep at least six to eight hours every night. That's perfect. Every night. That's perfect. Minimal six. But I try to get at least seven to eight in the perfect world. Are you a fan of melatonin? No, I can't take it. I, I tell you, as a matter of fact, a couple of months ago, somebody, you know, I thought, you know what? I'll try some melatonin. I took one milligram. I felt drugged the whole day. Yeah. The whole day I felt drugged. Isn't that something? I know. Yeah, I, could, I can't do it. It put me, it puts me out. Because, you know, I really don't have any issues with sleep. I mean, I go to sleep just like that. Um, and, but, you know, it, it, I don't really have any issues and I sleep pretty soundly. What's your opinion of alcohol? Huh. Truthfully? Yeah. I, I, I think it's absolutely terrible for you. I think it's terrible for society. I don't drink. Um, you know, they just came out. Now they're really coming out with more and more information about how the negative effects of alcohol, uh, of alcohol, what it is to the body. And, you know, I didn't know this, Carl. Number one, it's a neurotoxin. We know right. that. Number one, it is a poison. Number three, and, and most importantly, it's labeled a class one carcinogenic. And I mean, we're just talking three elements right there. And look at the destruction. Uh, and one of the contributing factors to you know my childhood is that um, my stepfather was an alcoholic until the age 13. And I remember the destruction that that caused within families. My brother killed someone drinking and driving went to prison for five mm. years. I mean, here's my thing, dude. I, I think everything is about moderation and balance. I think alcohol can be advantageous to you to, to a small degree. But at the end of the day, it's really one of the worst things you can do. If we're really talking, I mean, being honest, uh, with I'm, each other, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I've, it's I've, the absolute worst. I've, I've, and it destroys brain cells all the above. I've said these things that you're saying over and over again for years, and uh-huh. and I, I've I, I've said you know the reason they call it intoxicate is because it's the toxic actions, the GABA receptors that alcohol makes you feel woozy. And I yeah. say, I say, if it's yeah. so good, and all these studies come out, oh, a little alcohol there. A little, oh, I say, yeah. if it's so good, give it to your dog and give it to your baby. If it's so good, give it to your baby. Yeah. No. Yeah. Now, we can agree that maybe wine has bioflavonoids that might be somewhat beneficial to a small degree. But all in all, let's just talk about the gut flora. So the majority yes. of your immune system comes from your gut. Around 75% of your immune system is from your gut. When you drink just one drink... That destroys your gut flora. And it takes days and days and days yes. of a restoration in order to bring the immune system back up. Is that fair to say? Yes, because because think about it. If you work in a laboratory and you're worried about any pathogens, which are microbes. Right. Right? The the, the things in your stomach are microbes. Yeah. What do you what do you do? You get alcohol and you wipe it down. Kills the microbes. I lost people. I said if you're working in a laboratory. Yeah. And you, you want to get rid of pathogens and pathogens are microbes like the microbes in your gut. Yeah. Uh-huh. What do you do? You get alcohol and you wipe it down. That kills Thank the pathogens. So when you drink alcohol, you're actually killing the microbes in your gut. Yeah, the microbiome is gone and it takes forever. For, like, if, for example, a person could do a round of antibiotics. You know, studies show it takes six months for that microbiome, the, yes. the floor to develop itself again mm-hmm. to full, to its full level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I don't drink. I mean, but I, I don't. Anyone who wants to do that, it's a choice they have to make. So, so what I say, Porter, is I don't lie to myself and say that it's good for me. When I drink, I tend to drink a lot. I don't drink often, but when I do, I I, I put a buzz on. But I don't lie to myself and say that's good for me. I say I just kind of shit on myself tonight. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah. Look at me. It's okay every once in a while, but it's the continual process that yes. really is the negative force. Do you have any sports that you play besides uh, your bodybuilding routines and training and, and stuff like that? Like, like when I was younger? Yeah. Did you play baseball, basketball? No, I played basketball and wrestled and played football, but I quit every one because they always interfere with my bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a big sports guy. I mean, I like to play sports, but I'm not one to go and sit and watch sports. You know, I've just never, you know, I don't even watch bodybuilding. Hmm. You know, I'm too busy with other things going on in my life. And I just, you know, I, you know, I do like to go to top golf though. Yeah. They just open. I enjoy that. Yes. You know, but I would never take four hours to play 18 holes. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You can get all the excitement without having to walk for three hours and, and absolutely. Yeah. Um, so have we missed anything that you wanted to talk about? Um, do you follow? Do you follow? Do you follow bodybuilding at all anymore? Do you know who's in the game and who's not? 
A little bit. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 well, just a smidge. I don't, I'm not really a fan, to be honest with you. I don't like to be around bodybuilding per se. I don't like to go to shows or anything like that. Is there anybody you uh, like right now that's up and coming? Any, any athletes that you look at and go, wow, this, this kid's got a really pretty physique or? Well, there's a couple of the, um, you know, the classic physiques mm-hmm. that are really nice, but no one, no, I, no, I don't really have a desire to, you know, uh, I can appreciate every single person that steps on that stage uh, from a standpoint of the hard work and dedication and sacrifice that they make to get there and their genetics and all the above. Uh, but other than that, I kind of like to let it go in one eye and out the other eye. Yeah. yeah. Now, I interrupted you when I said, did we miss anything? I think we should also acknowledge something first. Hold that thought. What's that? We lost Peggy Fishman. Yes, absolutely. Peggy Fishman she- was a pioneer in Louisville, Kentucky. She was written up. In a couple of uh, books by, uh, what's that girl's name that was on Three's Company um, that writes? Susanna Summers. Yeah, she was written up in books. She was our pioneer in Louisville, Kentucky for Mm anti-aging, and she just passed away at 80-something, right? Uh, Yeah, I think she's 80 or 81. I was with them for 22 years, and if I may say this, Carl, uh, IAAM uh, Wellness, they were the ones that helped me bring back, you know, my body's hormonal system. Uh, after even after working with Dr. Michael Scali, and I've been with them, and still to this still to this day, I'm still with them. Right. And right. they, she was a pioneer, and in Stoddenbot, which you know is one of my closest friends, he runs the uh, wellness clinic, and you got Flip, which is her husband. They're all played an integral role for a lot of people with you know the, the limits of Kentucky and beyond, really, actually in other states, to come to see them. But it's unfortunate in her passing. So hopefully, though, her legacy will be able to be carried on through the wellness clinic though. And that's why I wanted to remember her on today's show because yeah, you actually, because they were a sponsor on my show years ago and you oh, used to oh, do, yeah. you used to do the commercials. Remember? Oh gosh, Carl. I just <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to find awesome. that. I'm going to find that commercial. I'm going to send it to you. All right. Now, yeah. you, what, what did you want to say that we didn't cover? Uh, there's nothing I want to say, but listen, I just want to say that, you know, it's people like you that get out information that involves fitness and all the around, all the way around. You know, um, I'm sure this will probably be the last time this, you know, you just let me know that your show at the end of the year might be leaving. Mm-hmm. And so what I would simply say to you is I appreciate you always having me on and I appreciate what you've done for the, the sport of, uh, fitness and overall, uh, wellness for, I like to call it f- phys- physical culture. Like Bernard yeah, McFadden, yeah. remember Bernard McFadden's magazine? Yeah, yeah. Physical mm-hmm. culture. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and I appreciate that, you know, and uh, and there's other podcasts out there. But listen, without uh, someone sharing knowledge and interviewing people and learning things, people wouldn't grow intellectually. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't understand some of the things that they, you know, they know today. Like just a simple fact that we talked about alcohol. If someone, just one person hears that, yes. says, you know what, I didn't know it was that bad for us. Right. You know, and they say, hey, you know, I'm going to abstain from that. Right. Then you know we've done a good job. And let me put this back up. If anybody wants to work with Porter, it's really, really easy. You just have to go to hold on. I, the, the, the the show is rushing me. You can go to either portercatrell.com or you can go to bodyachieve.com and sign up. And as he said, he has a library. It, it, you know, it's like when you buy magazines and you learn a new workout or you learn a new movement and you go take it to the gym. This is the same thing, except it's digital and it's video, and he explains how to do this and do that. So give it a try. Give it a look. Go to bodyachieve.com. Show it some love. Uh, you know, Porter's an outstanding athlete still today in his 60s. And uh, how old are you now, Porter? I just turned 61. Okay, so I'm 64. So I got, I'm going to stand still and wait for 64 you. 64 years young. 64 years young. And, That's why you got to look at yeah. it. Yeah, and check it out and, and uh, let them know you heard about them here on Superhuman Radio, please. And thanks for being here today, Porter. I know that. Hey, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. I really appreciate it. You take care of yourself. All okay? right. Well, I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. Okay. All right. Okay. Take care. And that's it for today. It's Friday. I have no show tomorrow. We are launching Gunleash this weekend. We're packaging them up. Go to gunleash.com if you want to be notified as soon as they're available to sell. Never lose your gun. Never leave your gun. A half a million guns are lost every year. Don't be one of them. Besides feeling like a goofball, you'll, you'll, get, in, get, you'll get in some trouble. So, I right, look. See you Monday. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. And I am out. <laughs>